Spreaker Live Show episode 57 for May 4th, 2016. Well, welcome to the Spreaker Live Show. Thank you for listening. My name is Rob Greenlee of Spreaker and the Adore FM uh, Podcast Network. We're going to talk about microphones today and how to properly use them for your podcast. It's a uh, time-honored skill that one has to develop over the years. So we're going to talk about all the ancillary impacts of properly using a microphone to uh, get great sound. So that's the main topic of the show this week. And I'm joined by my co-host, Spreaker Podcast host, uh, Mr. Alex XM. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to the show again. Thanks, Rob. Glad to be here as always. Uh, Glad to have you back from Vegas, actually, too. Well, (laughs) I had to do a solo show last week. Alex was was missed, definitely on the program. I I thought you were still at the casino, Rob, or otherwise you know I would have been there. (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course. I uh, lost all my my wages while I was down there, yes. So on this show, uh, we like to share powerful podcasting tips and tricks to help you produce a great show. We're streamed live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, from SpreakerLiveShow.com. We may not have a show next Wednesday uh, because I'm going to be on the road again back to Las Vegas for a couple of days and it might impact our ability to record a show alex i didn't again you that. jesus rob i know i'm always going to <laughs> vegas God, you're like I don't, are you are you a whale is that what i'm figuring out you're just a whale they see you coming to vegas they're like mr rob greenlee that's here. right that's get right hotel, get him a room get him a, that's right up in the car. penthouse suite that's that, that's where i hang out because I, I go down there and i spend all my money so yeah there you go <laughs> no need a raise from speaker rob no, Alex, if I'm a whale, I probably wouldn't go to Vegas. There's no water there. So, no. Well, you know what a whale means, right? I do know what a whale means. Yeah, yeah I'm not talking about your girlish figure, Rob. Yeah, exactly. My shapely, <laughs> my shapely whale figure. Talking yes. about your deep pockets. That's right. Yeah, I'm a whale of a of a catch when it comes to spending money, right? Is that, the, is that what you're saying, Alex? Allergy, yes. Okay, exactly. So the show can be heard in um, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Play Music now, now that they've launched. Please yeah. leave a review. Tell all your friends because we're just so entertaining here talking about podcasting. Spread the word. Any any feedback on on Google yet, Rob? Did you hear about that? Uh, well, that's a you know that another show unto it, itself. I'm it's sure. it's a yeah. I mean, it's a topic uh, that I could pontificate on for for ages, but uh, we don't have time today. They're basically uh, they, they're just lifting off. You know, they're, there's easy path to have high expectations. I I don't because I'm not a big fan, obviously, or actually of. Um, integrating podcasts in with music um, services directly. So mm-hmm. I think they, they belong to be, they belong separate from each other. That's just my own personal opinion, though. I love it that Google is supporting podcasts and uh, Spotify and all those guys, but uh, there hasn't been any proven hate to be cynical here. There hasn't been any proven success of uh, any of these platforms integrating podcasts in with the music stores. So more we'll, of a wait and see. We shall see. Yeah. More of a wait and see at it. Yeah, I get you. I exactly. You. Exactly. But okay. I can be, I can be reached at uh, Rob at Spreaker.com and on Twitter at uh, Rob Greenlee. And Alex, you can be reached uh, in all the same Alex places. Alex at AlexXM.com. Yep. And you're or, on Twitter, too. So go at uh, AlexXM, too, as well on Twitter. Yeah, yep. you'll find me. I'm hard and, to hard to miss. I know you are. Uh, you're out there amongst the, uh, the, the content creation community. Plus, you're involved in um, Low Power FM down there in Long Beach, right? Yes. Yes, sir. So how goes that that project down there? 
We just started the live stream this weekend. We had a little launch party on Saturday, so that was exciting. Um, and now it's just kind of in the works to try and get the tower up. So we'll see what happens in the next uh, next coming months. So any big issues with that with you guys? I mean, I mean tremendous issues, Rob. <laughs> tremendous issues. Tremendous That's... issues that would take a whole show unto itself. But we'll get into that at another time. Okay. All right. Massive, massive issues. Massive issues. Wow. Oh, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a prickly pear. It's tough. It's tough. But we're, we're, we're trying to get it uh, together, put it that way. So is, is podcasting a big uh, part of the, the plan? Well, yes. Um, we're trying. There's a lot of – there's a big push to get content even if it's not live, right? Because we're streaming right now. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't technically have to be live, although we have the ability to go live type thing. Um, so, yeah, it's podcasts that will run on a you know, stream type basis. Gotcha. But, yeah, it's a little difficult cultivating the content, making sure content is proper. There's issues with, you know. Proper content? You can't uh, do well, proper content. Well, that's, Rob, you know, that's what I'd get into. I, you know, people don't like, you know, controversial subjects. And, you know, for a community station, I think that's necessary. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. It can't be, it can't be offensive or it can't be prob- you know, prob- problematic, problems. right? Yeah. Right. But you want something that's going to, you know rabble rouse a little bit it's a community station yeah kind of so. like uh podcasting there's exactly. there, there's That's... no restrictions on what you can do here but there probably is uh fcc restrictions on what you can do on the low power fm station right absolutely and yep. and that's why I think I have an affinity towards podcasting because you can get away with anything. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, so how would a station like that walk that line? Do you think that they would put out something different as a podcast or they would record it as a podcast and then put it out as a radio show? Or Well, most of their content is pretty mild. Yeah. Um, I would say I'm probably the raciest show, uh, you know, that, that they have in their roster right now, the Exum experience. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I think more the issue more is um, – the topics, not uh, obscenity or profanity laws type of thing. So do we want to talk about things that are controversial in the community or kind of toe the line and be an echo chamber of everybody else's thoughts and beliefs? So yeah. it's more of a, gotcha. a philosophical yeah. struggle okay. at this point, I guess you would say. But there are technical challenges. The stream almost didn't go up because of Wi-Fi connection. It, it, it got a little tricky. Oh, but, uh, okay. but it all worked out. Everything worked out. And, you know, I think it, it was a success all in all, all in all. Well, let's plan on doing doing a whole segment on the show j- just about what your experience has been around getting, sure. getting up and running with the low power FM stuff and all of the challenges and obstacles that, that that you face at doing that or the things that you can talk about anyway. That would be a hell of a show. A hell of a show. Hell of a show. Go for it, Alex. <laughs> That's exactly what we need around here is hell of a shows. <laughs> Great, Rob. Thanks. So, so anyway, um, yeah, if you have a question, send uh, that question to me and we'll talk about it on the show we've had some great feedback here over the last couple of weeks um yeah. from listeners to the show and uh we'll send you a t-shirt uh the i love podcasting t-shirt uh if you send us a great great comment that we use on the show uh you can also tweet spreaker at spreaker and then we have a website spreaker.com and we also have a blog you can read about podcasting and what's going on with uh, the Spreaker Live show right there on the Spreaker blog at blog.spreaker.com. We have a couple of articles up there uh, right now the, this past week. One is uh, we're keeping the 24-7 live streams at the top of episode lists in our Spreaker custom apps for iOS and Android. I know that was a mouthful, but it just basically means that uh, if you're doing a, a station plan 24-7 live stream, that that will always appear at the top of your episode list on your custom app 
on iOS and um, Android with the Spreaker custom apps that you can get as a plan subscriber on Spreaker. So that's kind of a new new change that's happened. So. I think that's a great idea because I often go looking for whoever's live, Rob. I don't know if you, you know, as a speaker yeah. user, I do. I'm always like, well, who's like broadcasting right now? I well, know who I can go to in the archives, but I'm kind of curious. Well, we do have an yeah. area on the front page of Spreaker.com that actually I yeah. just, just lists all, all the live streams right. that are currently available. But, but I don't believe that we were doing that um, as part of at the top of the episode lists by show. Right. Well, it, so. and it's on the app as well, right? Or is that... Yeah, correct. Yeah, that, yeah. So correct. on the app, it seems different. So. Yeah. So anyway, and then the other blog post that's up there is the is three podcasts all about cooking. So we've got some recommended shows that if you're a you're a fan of uh, learning how to cook better, drink better, and um, rebel rouse, uh, these are probably a, a three good podcasts to check out. One is food, drink, and travel podcast. The host of the show, Nancy, does this cool, unique podcast and has lively conversations on the world of food, drink, and travel. She talks to top people in her field, wine experts, uh, winemakers, chefs, restaurateurs, and travel experts. And then the other show up there is uh, Just Cook It Radio. Um, There's a chef that hosts that show, shares fun and new creations uh, with food and drink, and has uh, interesting conversations with special guests and prepares some of of his favorite dishes live on the show. I'm not quite sure how you... Yeah, he probably just talks about all of his ingredients as he does it right on his um, podcast. So it's That could work. Yeah. It's not as visual. You would think, you know, most cooking shows are visual, but you can probably create a little theater of the mind around that, right? Yeah, if you're a good storyteller. Yeah. The third one here is Let's Go Eat Podcast. Is he saying go go eat a podcast? No. Just <laughs> Sounds by, like an insult. <laughs> yes, exactly. Go eat a podcast. Go now. eat my podcast. <laughs> it's got lots of spices in it. The idea of the show is uh, lots of good things can happen over a meal. Uh, you have a little food, a little bit of drink, and the next thing you know, you've solved all the world's problems. I think it, it's really, I think, more related to a little bit of drink. Ah. Will take your mind into the the direction of solving all the world's problems, right? I see. Kind of a Hemingway thing. Yeah, I, I guess so. You get a little food in the tummy and a little drinky. You get a little more loose in your thoughts, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love foodies. Yeah, They exactly. love to eat and drink, and they're, they're a lot of fun. Exactly. So go, go check out one of those podcasts. Uh, there's links to it, actually, players' um, embeds right in that blog post at blog.spreaker.com. So, but let's uh, let's just jump into our yeah. uh, topic of the week that I, I'm sure everybody's like anxiously waiting, f- you know, for us to get to because we we had to go through all this banter before, right? We're just delaying people from getting to what they want, which is not us. They don't want to listen to us. They just want to know about how to use a microphone, right? I blame you. Yeah, it's all yeah, exactly. So let's dive in. All things microphone. To help you get started podcasting quickly is kind of the the theme that we're going down here. Between Alex and I, we have a lot of experience working with microphones. And let's run through the list, Alex, a little bit. Take it from the top. What do you think about dynamic microphones? I think dynamic microphones are great. I don't have a whole lot of experience. I've heard audio from dynamic microphones, um, but I think they're great. Um, You know, one of the things I think people should consider is how much they want to spend. This is what I run into with a lot of, you know, people. Do they want to yeah. spend a lot of money? Do they want to, you know, you could really spend a lot of money when you get up into, you know, some of the yeah. l- large condenser, you know, microphones, yep. which I found the hard way, <laughs> you know, um, but the dynamic microphones, I think they're a great choice for podcasting. Yeah. 
Well, they're much more flexible in a variety of different recording environments, which uh, oftentimes podcasters put themselves into. Now, granted, a lot of the portable recording microphones, you know, like the the mobile ones and the things, you know, like the Zooms and and these portable recorders and stuff, they all typically use uh, small um, diaphragm condensers is what they usually use. Most of the dynamic microphones are typically fairly low-cost microphones, but there are some very expensive dynamic microphones, and I, I actually, I use one. Is the microphone that you're using there, is that a, that's a cardio condenser, isn't it? Yeah, this is the using. Blue Spark microphone. It's yeah. the condenser, yeah. yeah. And those, those are very, very sensitive. Now, you can have a dynamic microphone that does pick up a lot of ambient sound. It just depends on how big the diaphragm of the of the actual microphone is. Uh, most of the dynamic microphones out there that are inexpensive have pretty small diaphragms, which is basically like an, like an eardrum, essentially, is what it is. And it, it vibrates based on sound waves that, that hit it. The bigger that diaphragm is, the more sensitive it is. So that's why a lot of dynamic microphones are very directional, which means that you have to be like right in front of them because they have a fairly small diaphragm uh, and you have to talk right into them. And most right. of the, the, the really low-cost microphones didn't typically have that. But they're, they're also typically small, compact, and less expensive, too. So let's r- run through the list of variables on that. So, so we've talked about condenser microphones. There's condenser, and then there's cardio condenser, which are typically um, higher-end microphones, the ones that are really expensive. Like but, studio yeah, microphones exactly, you find in the studio. Where you really have to have sound buffering in the room. Uh, also you're going to pick up every little echo. I mean, just, if you just pick up a piece of paper, that microphone's going to pick it up. So you really, um, I wouldn't jump right into cardio condensers if you don't have a lot of experience because you're going to be disappointed because you're probably not going to realize what you have to do around your environment to be able to use those microphones. They're going to pick up pin drops across the room. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So you, I mean, just things like how how close you are to to the microphone are important. Pop filters are very important with condenser microphones, especially cardio condensers, um, because they're just so sensitive. You can't even bump your your mic boom because it will pick that up. Um, So you, it, it really requires you to be very skilled to be able to use those kind of microphones. So I would start out with dynamics and then condensers are okay. Just be careful with those too. Those aren't as quite as sensitive as the cardio condensers, but and then it does. The, mine does pick up a lot of ambient noise. I will admit. So I have to have a quiet environment yeah, when I don't, record. Don't yeah. touch your microphone. Don't yeah. breathe on it too hard. <laughs> don't, don't, right. And don't, I have that problem. I, I'm, yeah. a, I'm a heavy breather. <sighs> yeah. And then the other thing that usually comes up is that you need to decide if you want to have a microphone that has what's called phantom power. And what phantom power is, it sounds very mysterious, doesn't it? Right. Is basically a powered microphone or a microphone that doesn't require power. So there's kind of two spectrums. Now, the, the microphones that require phantom power are typically more expensive microphones. They need to be driven with electricity, essentially, to, to function properly. A lot of dynamic microphones, though, don't require phantom power. But, but it's a question that you're going to hear as you're out there looking for microphones, and it's a feature that you're going to see on the, the feature list for any given microphone. If it says phantom power, you need to supply that microphone with some power 
from a mixer or some sort of an audio interface that um, has a, a, a power. And it, it basically says on the mixer, phantom power, push this button. <laughs> you know, it's like right. a button that you have to push and a little light will come on saying that this microphone now has power running to it. But but you don't need to have that if you want to do a quality recording like uh one of the microphones that I'm going to recommend, the Audio-Technica ATR2100, which sells for like 50 bucks, it doesn't use phantom power. So it's self-powered based on the, the USB connection that you have. And Rob, can I interject? Because one yeah. question I had when I was looking for a microphone, I, you, you, you see, like you said, it's mysterious, kind of mystical, right? Phantom, it power. Is phantom power. So I'm like, oh, I want that. It doesn't make a difference when it comes to the, at least I w- what I've been told, it's not going to make much difference on the audio quality. So no. it's not going to enhance the quality of the microphone. It's almost just like another option. It, it might be better to have a phantom. Like if, if you need, if you're required to have the phantom power, it might be better if you don't need to have, you know, the mixer, if you're not going to have such a big setup type thing, if the microphone currently already has it type thing. You know what I mean? So if you, if you don't want to have such a big setup and you just want to be able to plug in and go. You probably don't want the phantom power, but it's not going to alter the audio quality. That's all. I've, it confused me in the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's confusing also from the standpoint is even a microphone that um, that requires supposedly requires phantom power will still work without it. Uh, it's just that you have to scream into the microphone to get it to hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you think the mic's not any good, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, exactly. yeah. So just it was one of those weird things that you know when you're doing all this research, you're like phantom power. Yeah, <laughs> you just dope. you're not familiar with it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Glad you so, brought that up. Yeah, so that's all it is. Is is just um, different mics kind of have different requirements. And I would, if you're a new podcaster, I'd kind of stay away from phantom power mics because those are usually the more expensive ones anyway. Yes, yeah. And you probably don't want to go there quite yet until you're a little more established as a podcaster um, and maybe a little more serious about it, I guess, because you're not going to see a huge difference in sound quality going from a, like a $50 or $100 mic to a $400 mic. It's not going to be a necessarily a noticeable difference unless you're willing to, you know, really work on your audio compression and your, your kind of mixers and all, all the other um, pieces of equipment that some people use, you know, compressors and things like that, that will really um, boost the quality of it. The other thing I wanted to mention too, as far as microphones is um, mobile phones these days have built in microphones. And if you're looking at like the Spreaker studio apps for iOS and Android, they can tap right into that. You know, the iPhone has a very good built in microphone. You can actually, um, I know people that, that record their whole podcast right through that microphone, and it sounds fine. So, you know, you can play around with those as a way to get started, and then you can branch up and you can move to, like, maybe a mobile phone add-on microphone, which is what we've talked about on the show recently, is being able to plug in, you know, an XLR-based microphone directly into your your Android or your iOS device and record right there. And there's a bunch of microphones that you can just plug right into your mobile phone too directly, either into the headphone jack, which usually has, if you look at the actual plug itself, it usually has three rings on it, which is basically a stereo in and out for, for listening and then a, an audio recording um, kind of pathway. So that's what that looks like. And then uh, a mini USB and then the lightning port for the iPhone. So they would, they would plug in directly into those and you would have a high quality microphone right there. And they're usually little tiny microphones, but they sound great. They do. 
that's kind of a newer option that most people have, but it doesn't, um, it's got some limitations too, like anything else. It just depends on what kind of recording that you're doing. And then the other thing you need to think about too is portability versus quality. So, you know, sometimes, like we were just saying, sometimes you can get the quality with the portability, but usually those microphones are not of the same quality um, because you're compromising a little bit for the portability. So any thoughts on that? Yeah, I've used when I actually first started the show, I was using the Spreaker app exclusively on my phone. So I started that way. So I can tell you there, you know, I'm one of those people who made the progression, started off with the app, then went to the USB audio boxes. My connection now have the mixer where I can, you know, do a little EQ and other things with the compression while I'm broadcasting live. So there's a huge difference in audio quality. So what I would suggest, you know, you can take it in baby steps, but I would definitely upgrade the microphone. Uh, You know, I think recording mobily, and we can talk about the Zoom in a moment, there's certain applications that work well for portable microphones. I actually was recording at this party for the Low Power FM Rub, and I was just trying to use my phone because we didn't have microphones, and just, you know, a lot of the ambient noise was too much. So it was almost unusable because you couldn't focus on a conversation. That would have been a great time to have a Zoom or an actual add-on to the Android phone or iPhone, whatever you have with a microphone that would be a little bit more directional. So, you know, depending, like you said, depending on the application, I would get, and I plan on getting one, either a Zoom or an add-on mic. Um, if you're planning on doing this as like a full-time endeavor, I would definitely, if not the dynamic, get a great condenser microphone. Um, I think for me, if the audio quality is really bad, I can only listen to so much. <laughs> so I think that the yeah. appropriate application for the, you know, the right job, the right tool for the right job type thing. Rob. Yeah. And I think what you wind up doing is you wind up, if you start doing a lot of podcasting over time, you, you're going to gather these things, right? You're going to start off with one microphone, you're going to move to the next, and then you're going to want to get another one for another application. And you're going to wind up after a few years, you're going to wind up with four or five different microphones and yeah. and a mobile kind of portable recording and then more of a studio experience and you'll wind up building these things out because you'll it's not like you're going to go out and sell your old mic typically you're just going to keep what you what you buy so you're going to probably upgrade what you're doing over time uh, and you tend to get attached to equipment too <laughs> yeah exactly I mean, if it worked well for you you yeah. just keep it because you'll you'll realize that there may be situations when I can use this mic in this situation, but then I can use my portable mic and these type of situations and that kind of stuff. And I've got, I've got that too. I've got portable recording. I've got the ATR 2100 for my mobile, mobile recording that I do for Spreaker. And then I have my studio microphones. That is what I use to do this show. Let's talk about USB versus XLR. Cause uh, that seems to be a really important connection for microphones these days. Uh, It's best, actually, if you can get a microphone that has both. Not all of them do. Most of the expensive microphones are just XLR. But more and more, though, Alex, uh, I'm seeing expensive uh, microphones coming out USB, especially as we saw the deployment of USB 3.0, which is a pretty high bitrate bandwidth connection. USB may be... uh, challenge in XLR. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I I still haven't seen, I've seen some microphones come out with that, um, but not a ton. Even Blue, who makes the Blue Spark that I'm using, has a USB, you know, plug-in. Um, but I'd like to see more. <laughs> They're coming out slowly. When I, when I was doing all this research, there weren't many options. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm seeing more and more good microphones coming out uh, with XLR and USB. Microphone manufacturers are saying that people like to have that flexibility. 
Yeah. Because um, it's portable recording and then um, more professional recording, which is typically associated with the XLR. Basically, what XLR is, is basically a three-prong. So if you ever see this cable, it's basically it's got like three poles inside of the plug. It's like in a triangle shape. That's typically the plug that you would plug into your mixer. So uh, if you have a microphone. The male end, right. Correct, yeah. Male, m- male to female, is what, but it obviously goes both ways, male and female. Hey, you know, we 2016. Can't be, uh, we can't 2016. be, uh, you know. <laughs> Sexist on the uh, cable connections here. No. So. <laughs> K, uh, is it K-Town? K-Town will have our heads. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> and then the next topic uh, is kind of talking mixers versus audio, audio the interfaces, uh, which is basically USB connections. You can get these devices that basically allow you to plug a couple microphones in XLRs into a USB interface that, that allows you to control volume levels and things like that it's almost like a little mini mixer is what it is um but but it can bridge that gap between an analog uh, mixer and a digital mixer that doesn't have a usb connection directly to it that's what i use here i have a analog mackie mixer um that actually works with a pretty expensive smaller portable audio interface that basically allows me to plug in two microphones directly into it and then the, there's portable recorders uh, with XLR inputs. So you have that whole spectrum of things that you can use to record. And these things are probably pretty important for you to have a grasp on as you're out there looking for audio gear, depending on what you're trying to build. Mixers typically are for home studios. You usually don't, those aren't portable things usually. But the audio interfaces can be portable. And then obviously the portable recorders are uh, portable. So, so you kind of, that's the spectrum there. Why would you think, uh, Alex, that anybody would want to use a pop filter? Can you explain what a pop filter is? Sure. It's just a little device that goes in front of the microphone to keep you from popping your peas. No, I thought it was a filter to keep you from spitting on your microphone. Really? Well, that too. Is it really? I think it's I think it's more the audio quality. Oh, but yeah, is that, that, oh, oh, is that what it is? Okay, I think that helps too. It's a it's a it's a little buffer, a little shield. Yeah. Um, and I will I'll be honest with you, as you can see, I'm not using one. I know. Um, I, I'm one of those people that early on, I I just I don't know what it was for whatever reason, having that thing in my face, I would go right up to the pop filter. Yeah. Like I was using it as like like I needed to touch it. So I, my audio recordings were actually pretty bad. And the uh, radio coach that I was working with, Eric K. Johnson, said, you know, get rid of the thing. So I did. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, I think I should probably have it when I have interviews and stuff. I've gotten to the point where I, I've kind of adjusted the way I talk into it, not to pop, but I think it's necessary. I should have one. I know you're, you're looking at me through the Skype camera like, how dare you? Yeah, I, I can <laughs> – I can see, Alex, your mic technique is a little is a little wild, I have to say. It's a little wild. I shoot from the hip. It's a little wild. Yeah, I don't think uh, that uh, that uh, pop filter would have a chance with you around. <laughs> I don't think I mean, so. You'd be knocking it around and it'd be... I'm energetic on the mic. Yes, Rob. you are. You're, you, you're back and forth and you're around. You know, Your volume level is probably up and down a lot, but uh, that's all right. It's all you right. should hear the yeah. show. You should I, hear the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, you hear me when I'm screaming in the microphone, so, then I really need the pop. So those that don't know what a pop filter looks like, um, it's basically, a, usually it's a round thing that is extended between you and your microphone. It's usually made of fabric, but sometimes they're made of like a mesh. It can be aluminum or whatever. It can it can be whatever material that will allow the audio to pass. But if you were to, to like 
you know, poop, poop, poop. You know, I, I can't even do it on mine because I have a big foam uh, pad over the top Yours of my mixer. Is, yeah, it's not going to happen there. So I can't actually pop my filter. But if I were to pull the, the foam off here, I can I can show you what happens if you don't have a pop filter. And it's poop, 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 poop. That's, yeah. that's That's why you have a pop filter is that sound right there. And it's especially a problem with cardio condenser microphones. Um, that are so sensitive. So anyway, that, that's probably enough for pop filters. What do you think? Sure. Yeah, I think that's good. So, and then the other thing to think about too is uh, if you have a home studio, is get a get a boom. And a boom is basically an arm that uh, holds your microphone. So you can have it in a variety of different positions. You can move it around. You can um, change positions, and the microphone will stay steady. You don't have to touch it. It's always right in front of you. And that's exactly what I use here. And it looks like Alex, you're doing something. With a, uh, I, a boom a there, or it's a table, uh, no, table. Yeah, thing. it's a little little table mic stand. So, and booms now are really inexpensive. You can you can buy a good boom stand for like twenty five bucks these days. Yeah, um, and they're really handy for in home studios. And and most most podcasters that are serious about it will get a get a boom. They can use an inexpensive microphone with it, but but the boom just makes it really convenient because it frees up your hands. There's nothing underneath your microphone, like a stand or anything like that that gets in the way. Um, so it's really, really helpful. And then talk about windscreens, foam, and, and outdoor recording. If you're outdoor and you're recording, uh, you, you're going to encounter a problem with uh, wind blowing into your microphone and creating like this, this really annoying kind of um, scratchy sound. And if you have like a foam that you can put over your microphone, it basically deflects all that sound. And sometimes these windscreens are like made of like a, almost like a cat fur that you... <laughs> Can you hear that? What is that? Jesus, it's my ringtone. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's something to consider, too, if you're that. doing any kind of outdoor recording, too, is getting some sort of a, a windscreen or foam over your microphone to kind of kind of deflect that. Uh, speaking distance to your microphone is also another thing that people need to think about, too, and it's really based on what kind of microphone that you have. Like the, the Audio-Technica ATR2100 that, that I have that I'm going to talk about a little bit, uh, you have to speak right up close to it. And actually, most microphones are kind of like that. You need to be probably within two inches of them and talk directly into them if you can. It, it's okay to not talk uh, like straight into them if you don't, especially if you're trying to read something. It's going to give you a little bit uh, lower quality sound. It's it's always better. Like right now, I'm speaking directly into my, my, my microphone. Now I'm kind of like on, on the side of the microphone, and it shouldn't sound really too much different because I'm kind of pointing my lips at the microphone still. No, it doesn't I'm sound. Yeah, you can sound Kind good. of at an angle. So that's kind of a – it's like a mic technique that you need to develop, and it just takes time to un- understand. A lot of people will talk in their microphone way, way back here. And then they'll go back and forth like this, and that'll be like a uh, up and down of the volume level for the listener. So you just need to be conscious of that, that uh, that's the impact that you're having on your, your recording and keeping a close distance. You know, I've, I've worked with many kind of show hosts as I've helped them produce shows, and it's, just, it's difficult to stay still sometimes because um, your tendency is to want to move as you're talking. But it does create a little bit of variability in your volume level so it's something to to kind of work on and keep a discipline on your um, mic technique also your room environment is another big thing too what is your room environment does the floor have carpet do you have pictures on the wall do you have 
things that will kind of um, buffer the sound. Uh, let's say you're in like a classroom that has a hard hard floor, hardwood floor, really nothing on the walls and not, not a lot of furniture in the room. You can have a lot of echo that can come into your recording. And especially if you're using like a cardio condenser microphone, it's just going to be horrible. That's why a lot of um, very popular uh, podcasts are actually recorded in closed closets. So I don't know if you knew that, Alex. Uh, not in closed closets, but, you know, I have done the thing where I take – because I've done a few voiceovers with my microphone in my home and I take pillows, you know, from the couch, the cushions, and I set them up like a little fort around the microphone yeah, and the yeah. desk. No, it sounds good. great. It no, really good sounds idea. good. It really deadens the, uh, you know, the ambient noise. So it's great, yeah. Yeah, in an old studio that I put together back in the early 2000s, I, I hung um, shipping blankets on the walls. Okay. You know, just, you know, like – the kind of thing tapestries you, work great too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the kind of thing that you would get like at uh, like a U-Haul or something like that. You can just pin those up to the wall. They're kind of like a yeah, like a tapestry kind of um, blanket yeah. blanket or something like that. And it's a way to to kind of sound buffer, so you don't have the sound bouncing off. The other issue that some people have too, and this is kind of getting in the weeds, but um, some microphones have better what's called rear rejection capability because. A lot of people, when they record podcasts, they'll actually record it uh, facing a large screen monitor, like a like a computer screen. And if the microphone doesn't have strong rear rejection of of sound, that your your audio will bounce off of the screen and come back at your microphone and create an echo <laughs> um, just from doing that kind of thing. So this this bit of the microphone that, that that I use here, the Shure, it's the SM7B has the best rear rejection of any microphone on the market. Um, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And they actually, the, the PR40 uh, has really strong rear rejection as well, and that's why a lot of podcasters like to use it so you don't get that bounce back of sound off of your large screen monitor um, that most you know, pod, pod, podcasters sit in front of. Yeah, I hadn't even considered that, and I wonder how good mine is. I haven't, I didn't check that out before. Um, one little tip before we move on, cause I know we, we, we got to keep moving here. We got a lot, still a few more things to cover, but yeah. a key thing to do, if you are still recording on your phone and it's a noisy environment, you can record in your car in the garage. I did that once or twice yeah. and it sounded really good cause it deadened all the sound. I had people doing, um, gardening work in the front of the house. I went into the garage in the back, went in the car and it was, you couldn't hear a peep. So if yeah, you need an emergency stu studio, yeah, it's go. because the, the roof of most cars is either fabric or it's, it's made of a soft material, which, which deadens the sound. So it makes uh, car experiences. I mean, when was the last time you heard an echo in a car, right? Right. It doesn't, yeah. doesn't happen because the ceiling's round. It's the corners of the room in any room that you're in that create the echo. I mean, that's why a lot of people will put the, the sound buffering panels up in the corners of the ceiling uh, because the sound will bounce up and bounce between the, the walls okay. um, and create that echo in the room. But anyway, I know I could talk about this stuff forever on this whole sound buffering thing because I've, I've, I've been through the nightmare of that, trying to figure it out a few times. So anyway, picking a microphone is a very personal choice. Uh, it can be very confusing with a range of choices and options. And like we said earlier, see what's out there. Ask your friends. Try and listen to examples. I am going to um, give a link to a website. It's uh, at marco.org slash podcasting dash microphones. It's basically a microphone a review website. Um, well, it's uh, not the purpose of the website, but it's a post on the website that's done by 
by a by the fellow that created the Overcast podcasting uh, listening app, and he did a deep uh, review of all the most popular podcasts um, microphones, so you can actually hear the audio. So he actually recorded audio segments from each of the microphones uh, and posted it with the uh, the description, pricing, all that stuff up there. So it, that's at marco.org slash forward slash podcasting dash microphones is the URL. And I'll have that in the show notes. Uh, and it lists all, all of the microphones that I'm going to, you know, that we're going to mention here really quick. You know, so I use the Audio-Technica ATR2100. It's basically a portable, low-cost, um, handheld microphone that costs about 50 bucks. It's got USB XLR output headphones out on-off switch, so you can turn it off and on. has a stand it comes with and all the cables. It's great for using with the Speaker Studio for desktop app, but you have to speak very closely to it. You have to get up right up on it. Uh, you can't be a long ways away from it. The sound quality drops off like a rock. I also use in my studio, I use the Shure SM7B. It's a large pro-level dynamic microphone. It costs about 350 bucks. But I'm not necessarily recommending that unless you have a great mixer with a low-noise preamp. Um, so, And I know, Alex, you have a microphone that you'd like to recommend too. Yeah, I like the Blue Spark condenser microphone. Um, I, you know, I did a lot of research before I did this. They did a microphone shootout with a professional voiceover artist. I'll, if we want, we can put the YouTube video in okay. the show notes. Yeah. And they did three mics. One was the $200 mic that I have. Another was a, I believe, $500 or something like that. And the other one was up to like, you know, three or 4000 And they chose, after the experts listened, the Blue Spark microphone. So that's why I went with it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And yeah. and it's kind of in the middle range of the pricing. Um, yeah. So as you look at the, the Auto-Technica ATR2100, that may be a great starter microphone for you. Um, but it's something that you'll probably hang on to if you ever want to do any kind of like portable recording. And uh, I will or, say that the Blue Spark comes with a pop filter, which I'm not using, and a shock mount. So that'll save you, you know, you know between 50, maybe 60 bucks as well. Yeah, that that's awesome. And more and more microphones are including some of those things like like that. Audio Technica ATR21 comes with a mic stand and all the cables and everything. I mean, usually most of the microphones don't come with all that stuff. And they have packages. I mean, when you go to a lot of these websites that sell this, American Music Supply and, you know, guitar, all of them, sometimes they'll have like a bundle deal where they'll throw in the cable, the mic, and, you know, sometimes the US audio, USB audio box. So sometimes that can help save a little money. You know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, because sometimes these things all add up and it gets really expensive on you. If you can get it all bundled in in one low cost, it's it's much better. That's for sure. And then I wanted to also mention the the uh, Zoom portable recorders, which is another option. I have the H2. I've had a couple of couple of those. Have you used Zoom? You know what? For the first time uh, this uh, past Friday, I was interviewing uh, one, one of the other talk show hosts, and he came in with his Zoom, and we recorded with it. He wanted to record what I was recording, like kind of as a backup for his own purposes. And the audio quality was amazing, Rob. I was highly impressed. I want one for myself when I'm out on the field. I don't want to use my phone for that type of thing if I can get that kind of quality. I mean, if you're recording a band, it sounds even amazing. It was really good. I was impressed. I mean, yeah, I mean, they are amazing they're small. They can be a little expensive, but um, yeah. but they do a lot. And if you have a mixer, you can hook it up right to the mixer. I didn't yep. even know. They have the XLR connections. I just found that out. When I saw that, I went, wow. That's... Well, and most of them have a USB capability, too. So you can, you, okay. can, do, a, you can do a lot of stuff with them. I yeah, mean, they're nice. They're nice little devices. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know a couple of podcasters that uh, use the H2 for all their podcasting. They okay. I mean, even even in their home studio, they they use it as their their microphone. Okay. Um so and I think that the H2 runs for I think I think it's like 140 bucks or something like that. Um but it's got capability of 360 degree recording. <laughs> it's got like four microphones all in a circle. So you can set it in the middle of a table and record a conversation of people all sitting around the table. Uh, and it sounds great. I yeah. couldn't believe the quality. Yeah, I yeah. was really surprised for such a little device. Yeah, exactly. It's about it's about maybe three inches tall, three and a yeah. half inches tall by maybe two inches wide. Yeah, it's pretty pretty tiny. And I was just going to mention the device that I use with my Mackie mixer here. It's a it's basically a USB to XLR device that's it's made by Digigram and it's the the UAX two twenty dash mic. And I have a link to it in here uh, if you have an interest in a really powerful professional level um, device to be able to plug in up to two two microphones on the road for portable recording. So um, that'll be there too. And then I use the Mackie 802-VLZ3 mixer. It's a non-USB mixer. I know that the Mackie makes the same model with the USB capability built into it. That's That's my setup here. And I used the ATR 2100s. Yeah, I've got the, I just got this recently. I told you, Rob, I was using the PreSonus USB audio box, but I just got the uh, Behringer uh, Xenix X1204 USB mixer. It's got like seven, eight channels. Things beautiful. I love it. I, I, I don't know a whole lot about some of the stuff I can do. I'm basically just recording a pod, you know, recording a podcast. I've got multiple mic inputs. I can, you know, do the phone call thing with the cell phone um, or Skype. So. A little bit more I can do with this. A little more bells and whistles than the uh, audio box I had previously. So, yeah, uh, you're getting all the fun toys. Sounds I'm trying. Like. I'm working. My, it's taking a while. Not not as much as you have. I don't have all the bells and whistles yet, but I'm getting there. Well, getting I just there. try and get get what I need and what I will use. Right. Yeah. That's keep it simple at first is what I suggest, and then yeah. then then upgrade. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And the great thing is with the speaker, you don't really have to invest in really a lot of software around. Uh, recording so Spreaker will provide a lot of that stuff to you now granted you, you don't need any technically well right? if you want to do any if software. you want to do any editing of the audio true, true. you're going to need right. to get like the sony soundforge or the audacity software that mm-hmm. uh, is free out there which i don't necessarily recommend but it's it's a I free to, option it's a free I, option yeah i use it sometimes i mean it, you know when i'm just editing something quick and i just want to bang it out yeah yeah there's a whole bunch of software out you the audition software you can get um a garage band oh yeah there's just a, yeah, whole, there's a ton. whole list of audio recording and encoding so you need to think about that too so any software you get you gotta, gotta think about the encoding software too that's built into it to create your mp3s so that's important well, Alex, I think we're at the end of the road here. I think we did a full episode here. That was a good yeah. one. Thank you for for joining me, and thank you for listening to, to the show this week. Um, uh, come back and listen to us uh, talk about some other topic uh, the next time we do a show, which will probably not be next week. Uh, it'll be be the following week. But uh, send me a comment. Uh, send it to rob at com, And Alex, uh, it's just alex at alexxm.com. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a question, comment, uh, definitely send that over, and we'll talk about it on the show. And so thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time on the Speaker Live show. 